is powerful. Therefore, art can be a valuable medium for social change. I talked with Anya this week, the founder of VirtuArt, about her art and art as a vessel for vulnerability and change, especially surrounding racial justice and gender equality. So let's jump in. Welcome, Anya. Thank you for being here. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, some of your hobbies, and what you like to do. Um, hi, my name's Anya. Um, I'm from Pakistan. Um, a few of my hobbies include arts. I'm currently pursuing engineering, and I'm really a big fan of science and math as well. Big fan of tech too, graphic design. Um, in the past, I've lived in Africa, Europe, and Asia, so I've kind of been everywhere. So that's kind of helped me learn more about the arts and a lot of different things. Awesome. And I saw that you founded an organization called Virtue Art. Can you tell us a little bit about it and, you know, what you guys do and, and what made you want to start it in the first place? Um, yeah, so sure. Uh, Virtue Art is basically an online art gallery, but I consider it more of an art organization. And I founded it during quarantine. Um, it's basically um, an or art organization which caters toward creating um, art exhibitions um, based on global events occurring at the time. So we've had a lot of past exhibitions on Black Lives Matter, women empowerment, and currently we're working on something to do with environmental sustainability. Um, it's an international art organization, so I don't like to discriminate and I let every single artist kind of take, tell a stance on a global issue in their artwork. And I actually founded it because I'm an art student myself and because of COVID-19, I really wanted to do an art exhibition this year, but because of the SOPs and like social distancing, I was like freaking out. I was like, oh my God, I can't do that. So what happened was I created a remote way of kind of exhibiting art. Um, I'm really into tech. So I've been able to use a few softwares to compile artwork and then create like a 3D exhibition space. So yeah, that's basically what the art organization is. That's super cool. And what was the process like? So, you know, you get artists from all over the world to submit art. So how does that kind of work and how did you get started with it? So basically in the beginning, um, I like to do a kind of like an intro form. Like I send a survey out and I kind of get all the artists to share some of their past work and like a little biography on themselves so that I can kind of classify them into like two groups like the more experienced artists and then the ones who are like more uh, new to art or younger usually. And then based on that, they both work on the same exhibition, I guess, at the same time. But everyone has like the option to drop out and then work on another exhibition according to their own liking. Um, what we do is it's usually over, I guess, like a four month period. And like the first month, uh, first week is like a four week period, sorry. The first week's basically like an intro, a brief, a kind of like a meeting with the executive team and then they kind of build their ideas from there on and then the other weeks are just them working on their artwork and their artistic statements. That's really cool. I love that you know we kind of build a community through art and making the most out of quarantine and finding ways to connect regardless. Um, and I also saw that you wrote a graphic novel. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that as well and kind of what made you want to do it? 
Um, yeah, so um, I currently, I'm part of the, well, I do the international baccalaureate schooling system, so IB. And as part of my IB MYP, which is I think grade nine and 10, we have to do something called a personal project. And in that project, we kind of do whatever we'd like and we write kind of like a report on it. So you can host an event or create like a novel or something. So I chose to create a graphic novel. Um, I'm really interested in both technology and the arts. So I thought that kind of creating a digital, digital graphic novel for child abuse would be really interesting. A lot of people that I know have actually been affected by child abuse. Since I'm from South Asia, so Pakistan, I get to see that on a day-to-day -day basis or hear stories from people. So it's something that's like in my culture to kind of stand up for it. And also being a woman in this society, it's tough. And being, you know, having to see women being abused quite often is tough as well. So that's why I decided in Pakistan to create something like that. And I was able to kind of show that graphic novel to a lot of the young children at my school. And they were really, they were really surprised by it. And it was a, actually a really great educational tool for them to learn. And a lot of these kids didn't even know about emotional abuse. They just thought that abuse was sexual or physical. So that's kind of what the project was and why I chose to do it. That's so important as well. And I really like the idea of targeting it to younger children. What is that? Not like what are the contents necessarily, but how did you go about targeting such a heavy topic toward young children? Well, when I was creating the story, like the story draft for the graphic novel itself, it was really dark. And my teachers were like, are you sure you want to do this? I mean, it might like the little kids might not like it or it might not sit well with the parents. And what I thought was I should kind of use anthropomorphism. So create like animal-like characters that aren't actually humans. So it's more like welcoming towards children. And I guess anyone can then interpret the story as they like, because it's not real humans. It's just these animal, I guess like I created like the abuser was like a vulture. So that kind of represented um, according to the animal features, the children, what the girl I think in the story was a ladybug and then there was a brother he was a dog so those were the kids who were being abused and that's kind of how I went about conveying the message and the story. Yeah I think it's so it's so interesting the way that we can put these messages into things and make it so clear and so educational but also making it accessible to everyone. People could also have their own triggers and and certain words and images and all that. And so I guess it's also not just children who could benefit from that kind of storytelling as well. So I think that's really important. Going back to your art exhibit and um, how it's brought people together internationally, was it difficult to start out or did you already have sort of a community of artists that you were new already or did you kind of build it from scratch or was it somewhere in between those things and how did it build from there? Well actually how I started it was I was in quarantine and I was just lying on my bed and I was like I'm not being productive enough like everyone's doing such cool things and I'm just you know sitting here eating and this and that so it just came in my mind like I hadn't even figured out any logistics yet I was like I need to do something in art like I'm good at tech let's kind of use that with art which is something I'm passionate about so I'm really grateful that I chose to I guess pursue something I'm passionate about because I feel if I, I feel that if I had done something that I didn't like then I wouldn't have been more successful in what I've done so far 
but I basically just started off with like a thought and I didn't even create an action plan or anything. And then I just posted an ad somewhere and a lot of people were interested and we had a meeting and those people now are like my executive team. And we just talked about what the organization could potentially become. And then based on the, that conversation, I was able to create an action plan and a detailed structure on forming the ARC organization. And that's kind of how it's progressed so far. And the way that you in the past have used art as a medium to talk about major social issues, is that also a theme in the exhibit? Are people doing that as well? And how does it kind of take form? Um, well, usually the curators who are on the executive team, they choose the um, exhibition theme for each individual exhibition. And that usually revolves around something that's going around, around in the world at the time. So our first, in our first exhibition, I believe that Black Lives Matter was a big thing that was happening. And a lot of people from different parts of the world kind of wanted to add how they've been oppressed or how they face discrimination based on their cultural identity. So I was able to find like a lot of cool new perspectives in what the artists were saying. And I think it's really cool how art can kind of convey so many stories at once. And for the artists and for myself, it's also a learning experience for ourselves artistically. And it also helps us kind of become more open-minded in how we think and approach things in our everyday lives. Yeah, and it's definitely uh, this big mixture of all these perspectives of people from different places, but there's kind of these unifying issues that you're talking about together. And I find that really interesting. I feel like art is one of the only ways that that can happen. What are some of the, the mediums of art that you guys exhibit and accept in your, in your organization? And how do people portray different issues in different ways through those mediums? Well, like I said earlier, I don't want to like limit anyone's artistic creativity. I don't want to be like, oh, you can only have like oil paintings. So I'd literally exhibit anything that's really cool or has a really cool message. And a lot of the um, people they like to show off art in like a digital form like cartoons or drawings and then there's also people who do like a more traditional take on art which is like the full huge uh, large-scale oil paintings but there's actually one girl who created this uh, jewelry kind of like polymer jewelry and she was conveying something about social media and the truths of social media and she had done that through showing like these women figures and I read her art, artistic statement and then I saw the jewelry and I was like, wow, that's really cool. I wouldn't have thought of that when I just saw what you were creating. But now that I know uh, the, your perspective on it, I think that's really awesome. So I like to kind of exhibit everything and I'm even looking forward to showing perhaps even articles or even poetry in the future. Yeah, that's super cool. I love the way that, like you said, there's so many ways to interpret art and when you can find the perspective of the artist and everything kind of comes together. I think that's really, it's lovely to watch, go through it in your head. I do appreciate the way that the, not just the effort that goes into creating artwork, but also the, the emotional vulnerability and personal stuff that goes into creating a piece of work. I just really admire that in general. And I'm sure that your exhibit probably has so much of that inside. So I'm like really int intrigued by this idea of, of art and social change. 
in the feminism movement, gender equality movement across the country, I think art definitely has played a big role. Um, even just posters or um, different statues and things that are, take, are going up around the world in support of the movement. I'm trying not to ask like too broad of a question. What are your thoughts on that? And then we can kind of move into something more specific from there. Well, actually, when I first proposed this idea to my teachers, they didn't take it too seriously because a lot of, I guess, like older people, they're like, oh, it's just art, you know, liberal arts and this and that. It's not really that important. But then there's that famous phrase that life imitates art or something around those lines. And that's kind of when I was kind of upset that people don't take art too seriously. But then we have these incredible artists like Banksy who are doing such uh, transformational things. And in my art organization, actually, at Virtue Art, mo the majority of the volunteers or people who work there, they're female. And they like to talk a lot about female empowerment. And one artist, I think she's around 17 years old, she created this large scale piece on um, how women in STEM are kind of marginalized against. And it was very interesting because that was her own personal take on the issue. And just like you mentioned before, she was able to showcase vulnerability in her artistic statement. And I really do respect that everything that, especially women, female artists have to bring to the table because they're exposing themselves in their own vulnerability in places that perhaps they feel like they'd be judged in and kind of creating a piece and then writing about your thoughts and feelings. It can be tough and I have a lot of respect for all the artists at Virtue Art who are able to do that. Yeah and I, I, I like that I, I love a good female-led organization I think it's so empowering to see and this I think that the dynamic creates a really nice sense of community and solidarity when you're not the only woman in an organization or there's an equal number it's pretty rare um but it does happen and so when a when an organization is woman-led i think it's so accessible to so many other women to, to think that they can be part of it afterward so you said a lot of the artists are women what are some of your favorite examples of of pieces that were submitted by women and that kind of relate to the, the topic um well from virtual there's um, a lot of artists who have kind of showed their heritage in their artwork. So the thing is, I have a lot of, um, I guess, like Asian, um, a lot of large Asian demographic, like East Asian, and they show like such beautiful things in their artwork, their culture, and then they write on it. And it's so interesting, the things and that they have to bring to the table. And it's good to know that um, art is being used as a way to feel proud of yourself and kind of express your ownership, because a lot of times, um, sometimes you feel ashamed of where you're from based on, I guess, um, cultural societal norms at the time, but kind of bringing that beauty into your artwork and feeling proud is honestly so cool. So I really love it whenever an artist is able to showcase where they're from and their identity in their artwork. Yeah, for sure. I think I'm, I'm loving hearing about this because I think in, in my own experience, I haven't interacted with much youth art, but I'm glad that there's so much going on around me in the world. So I always like to ask the, the women I interview on this podcast about their own personal experiences. So I, I guess to like go into that a little bit more, what were some of the obstacles that you faced while 
either, you know, with your book or in any of your experiences um, with your artwork. You're also a woman in STEM. I'm sure you have plenty to talk about that as well, but I'm really interested in the art side of it right now. So what has it been like? You mentioned it's a little difficult to get people, older people, older generations to take art seriously. And I'm sure as a woman that makes it a little bit more difficult as well. So what's it been like for you? Um, well, as a female artist, sometimes I feel like maybe male artists around me, they're kind of given more importance because there's not a lot of them, I guess, when you go into school. There's globally, but just talking about in the school surrounding, there's not a lot of them. And at Virtual Art, there's a lot of girls, which I'm so happy about. And there's not enough boys. I'm like, guys, we need guys. But um, <laughs> so something I've faced is like a lot of the times uh, my teacher thinks that what the boys are saying is like so important, it's so interesting. And having a male art teacher too can sometimes be, I don't know, I don't like it that much. I like having a female art teacher who I can relate to. And especially because art is really personal, it's kind of nice to have someone who's, I don't know, looks like you, who you can relate to more on that topic. But other than that, an issue that I faced at Virtue Art would probably be um, trying to organize everything at the same time because it can get difficult with art. It's not like a typical nonprofit organization. Um, it's based on the time that people have to create their artwork and how much time that they're willing to spend in each piece that they create. So deadlines and things, that's kind of, um, they're very flexible depending on the artist's own schedule. Yeah, and it's, yeah, there, there is definitely that lack of structure that I haven't considered as much. Um, and I feel like there's there's pros and cons probably, I don't wanna speak for you, um, but you know, there's that flexibility which can be nice for the artist um, and less nice for the, the exhibit that's gonna exhibit their artwork. But kind of moving forward with that idea, what sort of, when people are in those kind of situations where they're female artists, for example, are a little bit uncomfortable with the surroundings that they're in or the people that are judging their art, if judging is the right word, probably not. But yeah, what kind of advice would you have or words of wisdom of any kind about from your experience about that? Um, well, the first thing I'd probably say is don't take it to heart, which is really like blunt to say, and it's kind of difficult. And it's something that I've learned over the years. Sometimes I feel like I've created something that's so amazing and I've spent so much time and effort doing this. And I feel like my artwork speaks volumes for my community or whatever I'm trying to convey in it. And then and my art teacher or someone will just come around and be like, oh, it's okay, you know, eh, whatever. And inside I'm like, oh my God, I feel shattered, honestly, because like we mentioned before, you're exposing a part of you that perhaps no one's ever seen before. And in art, I feel like it's very important to be considerate of everyone's art pieces. I mean, maybe if an artist is not very, or they don't have a lot of artistic experience, they're new to the field and they've created something, it's kind of nice to be open-minded and welcoming to what they're um, showcasing and what they have to say. Yeah, for sure. I think that's definitely a valuable thing to remember is who can really appreciate how much you put into a piece of art at first glance, you know, and that's not always in my experience the case as I'm not, I'm first of all, not the most artistic and second of all, it takes me a while to understand all the layers to different pieces of artwork. Um, and I'm sure they're always 
there as well. So I think it's definitely something that I'm going to be looking at more deeply, like as I go forward um, because of this, because I think it's, I've never really thought about what it feels like to be the artist in that situation. Um, but I've always found art to be so valuable to society that, yeah, I'm just new perspectives, new perspectives. Um, so yeah, I like, I really liked the advice that you had to share just now and just kind of, kind of bringing it all together, you know, starting something new as a young woman in our patriarchal society run by older generations, it's always been a little bit more challenging. And after the advice as an artist, what would be your advice as a young woman who has created something of her own already to other women who might want to do the same? Well, what I'd probably encourage anyone who's trying to, or a, a female who's trying to create something on their own is to kind of dream big, I guess, to think of the maximum of what you can achieve. Try not to, I guess, limit yourself in your thought process or get anxious about it. Um, myself, I have anxiety. So sometimes I think that, oh, I want to go into this field, but then I don't know, like if this is mostly a male dominated field and you know, I won't be able to do so well in this. And even as an art student that female artists and artists as general are not as respected as they once were back in the day. And what I just try to say is to just not think of those things at the time. And I know that they're really big things and they're issues that definitely need to be resolved in our society, but to kind of approach um, each problem that you go through with a growth mindset, I guess, and kind of learn from how society is perceiving you. And like I said, kind of use your platform to make a change. Because if you advocate for women's rights in your artwork, if you are an artist or a writer or whatever uh, you'd like to start up, um, no one can use that against you because that's kind of like a shield that you wear. You say that I'm a woman in this field and I'm showing this in my work. So therefore you can't use that against me or you can't um, be prejudiced against me because of that's what I represent and that's what I stand for. Yeah, art is powerful. And it's definitely more of a tool for social change than I ever really thought about before. So that's my big takeaway from our conversation today. Um, do you have any like last words for the audience, maybe ways that they can submit art to you or get involved with anything that you're doing? Um, and if you wanna share any upcoming projects or anything like that. Um, yeah, so currently virtual art, since it's an art gallery, it's mostly uh, website-based. So we have a very, um, functioning website instagram is something or social media other social media platforms i haven't really started yet we do have an instagram page that's virtual art gallery but i haven't really gotten around to posting anything yet because it's quite recent but my website um it's virtualartyouth.wixsite slash exhibit something along those lines and on the website if you go to get involved th that section you can just like register through an online form that the website will send you to and currently we're working on something to do with environmental sustainability a lot of people are interested in that topic because if i think the californian wildfire is going along around and since i have a large american following at my organization i thought that having an exhibition themed rumors of nature 
would be kind of cool since a lot of people do think that climate change is a hoax. So I'd like to see the artist's perspectives on that. Okay, sounds amazing. Thank you for being here. Thank you for talking to me today. I learned a lot for sure. I'm sure the audience will learn a lot too. Um, and I can't wait to see what happens with your exhibit in the future. And I'm definitely going to be appreciating art at much deeper levels as I go forward with my life as well. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And that's really great to hear. And with that, we will wrap up this episode. Huge thank you to Anya for being here. And remember to follow at Lead Hership Conference on Instagram and get involved with our mission. Have an amazing week and we'll see you next Sunday here on the Lead Hership podcast. Wear your masks, social distance, and stay safe until we see you next.